I'm Carrington Vanston. And I'm Mike McGinnis. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. But this week, we are stretching the definition of classic. Do you think so, Carrington? To include other things that are not classic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're talking about an arcade game that's, well, it's old. How's that? (laughs) It's so very old. And it gets old fast. Uh, But first... We should talk about feedback. Yes. We had a, a really nice letter sent in from a fellow named Dave, who lives in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, which is just west of Toronto. So hello, Dave, fellow Canadian. He wrote in to let us know that he's been enjoying the podcast. He had started cherry-picking through the episodes, then went back and has grabbed our entire back catalog. Um, and he wrote in to tell us, well, to tell me, really, because I was lamenting the lack of uh, arcade options for me. He wrote in to tell me about an arcade here in Ontario that I could check out. And he says, let's see... Um, He writes, ah, here it is. There is a, I think, a husband and wife team that runs an arcade called Just Push Play in Collingwood, Ontario. And for those um, unfamiliar with Collingwood, it's sort of, uh, I guess you could call it cottage country here in Ontario. So uh, Dave goes on to say, we usually spend a week in Collingwood each summer and the kids and I will abandon mom for a day and spend it at Just Push Play. The arcade is one of those pay a flat fee and play as much as you like kind of places. They have a great selection of games and pinball machines. Can't actually remember specific games, but most of them are machines from the 80s, and they do have a couple of X-in-one setups. I do uh, remember playing the heck out of a Kiss pinball machine, though, and my daughter seems to enjoy crashing around pole position, too. He goes on to write that... um, I'd also like to thank Mike for, I hope I have this correct, his implied advice about using the iCade as a MAME machine. I picked one up today, and I'm starting to mess around with Gridley. Thanks again for all the hard work that goes into putting together a weekly show. I can only imagine how much work slash coordination goes into the process. Oh, Dave, you overestimate the work we put in. Uh, oh, very much so. <laughs> I digitized um, Mike's voice a while ago, and uh, and I've never actually existed. I'm just a brain in a box, so... Really, there's nothing here. Sorry, these are just canned responses talking to each other on the internet <laughs> somewhere. I actually, I, I am familiar with Dave because he also posted a lengthy uh, comment on my Apple II blog, but it was related to the iCade and questions that he uh-huh. had. And using that, so Dave, I will respond to your um, post and email uh, shortly after we're done recording here. And I, every once in a while, do find myself winding my way up into Collingwood for various reasons. So I am going to seek out this Just Push Play thing. So I thank you very much for the uh, the recommendation. I never would have thought to look for an arcade up there. So quite Yeah, let us know how it me. goes. Yeah, definitely. I will take pictures and, and stuff when I when I find my way there. So quite Great. exciting. Shall, okay, we talk, well, shall we talk about this week's game? Uh, I, think we, I think we shall. <laughs> shall we dive in? Now, we'll did just... anybody guess it? I, I I didn't even get any wrong guesses. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think there would be one. I thought this week we are definitely going to fool people. This is a game I have never heard of, ever. Never seen it, never heard of it. Didn't ring a bell at all. When you recommended it, I was like, what? What is this well, called? There's probably a reason for that, isn't there, Carrington? It blows. <laughs> oh, my God. We've discussed a couple of games which I wasn't really a big fan of. Uh, recently, we talked about um, Buck Rogers. I wasn't a mm-hmm. fan. We've talked mm-hmm. about games that you liked less than me, like Elevator Action, which I spent a bunch of time this week replaying. You're wrong. I'm right. Elevator Action is awesome. <laughs> but is this, this just game, to wash the taste out of your mouth after playing this? Oh, God. This game is so bad. This game is called Zarzon, um, also known as Satan of Saturn. And I wonder if that even rings a bell with any of our listeners. Um, well, I'm sure there's one or two out there that have played every video game known to man and have stumbled across this game at some point or another. Uh, Zarzon is the um, U.S. distributed 
version of Satan of Saturn. Satan of Saturn was developed by SNK. Uh, this was long before they um, came out with Neo Geo and kind of moved to to almost exclusively fighting games. Mm-hmm. They licensed it to Taito America, and Taito released it here in 1981. So, um, which which is the name that was the North American name? It was called Zarzon here, or actually called... it was, yeah, okay. which seems a little odd to me. I mean, but everything about this game is odd. So, <laughs> Satan of Saturn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and even that title makes as little sense as the game makes. Go to the Saturn! <laughs> oh my god, it's so ridiculous. So the game itself is a shoot 'em up game in the vein of Space Invaders, mm-hmm. basically a Space Invaders type ripoff, which isn't itself necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you could say that about um, Galaxian is in a sense a Space Invaders type ripoff with extra details, but it's about the extra details. It's about the love that goes into making a game, and clearly this was knocked out in a half an hour by some dude who forgot that he had a deadline. There are so many rough edges to this game. It is crazy, crazily unpolished. Oh my goodness. Well, the thing is, for me, when I started this game and started playing it, I was like, oh wow, this is could be neat because it's, it's really, uh, really fast-paced. Um, it feels like, at first, that there's a lot of action uh, because uh, unlike Space Invaders, where the the alien ships sort of move back and forth across the top of the screen and attack from there, these you you have groups of aliens actually flying down from the top and 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 spinning in patterns and moving sort of like the challenging stages in in uh, Galaga. And as you're playing, you realize first that this game is really hard. Uh, yep. It's very difficult. And as I'm playing this, I'm also noticing little touches like you know the, the Saturn in the background on the screen glows and it has little animated colors and stuff and i thought wow this is actually pretty neat oh how wrong i was (laughs) yeah it's um oh god and and i i try to cut games some slack because we've played a couple of games where i think is it the fact that i'm playing it in mame is the reason that the say the collision detection is a bit off like is it you know, when I'm expanding the screen to fit a modern monitor, which is the way I often play these things, is that messing up the collision detection because it's throwing pixels in between stuff? And I really don't think so. Here, it just seems to be a terrible character-based game with you know, awful collision detection and and the 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 beasties that fly down towards you, these UFOs and meteors and eventually bugs and stuff. When you're on when you're on the Saturn, they they fly in kind of formations, but a lot of it doesn't make sense. It's it's like an unpolished beta of a game. There's this these things, I don't know what they're supposed to be on either side. They're sort of like almost uh, radar dishes on either side of you down near the bottom. And when enemies get down past you, sort of get to the bottom, it'll say danger and this, this line comes across, but it doesn't seem to really do anything. It just says danger. I'm like, okay, danger. <laughs> so? Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. And that beam that comes across doesn't do anything. Well, it's interesting that you should mention that this game feels unfinished because there are three different versions of the ROM in main. In main, there are two versions of the Satan of Saturn and then there is the Zarzon ROM and each one of them has a different musical score behind it and so it to me that felt like well they were beta testing which version and just decided to put all of them out there that's weird yeah it's very strange strange, actually Mm. yeah that's really strange why would why would they even bother and also fix the code first dude i'd rather have a silent game where at least it plays okay i mean just the the gameplay of this, like, so we should explain, you know, it's a really simple controls. Basically, you have a joystick, you're going to move back and forth, button to shoot. So it's your basic Space Invaders type thing where you're trapped in the bottom. The enemies are flying above you and they swoop down, though, kind of Galaga style, I guess, but really, really jumpily. 
It's got some weird stuff, though. Like, when you shoot, you can shoot the enemy's missiles that shoot at you, and so you can blast them away. And when you shoot bad guys, they sort of pause for a bit and, and then fade. And it just feels like it all, like, I don't know, it just, it felt buggy. Like, the whole game felt really buggy. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think that this was maybe rushed out the door to, to, to sort of glom on to the Space Invaders craze that was going yeah. on at the time. Which definitely um, was. I mean, we're talking about a shoot 'em up from 1981. So people are looking for Space Invaders y type games. And I think it's just one of that long line of games that were just knocked out because people were put quarters sort of in anything in this year. This is a game that never could have been released two or three years later. Yeah, exactly. After the crash, or even during that time period, this, this, this caused one, the crash. <laughs> it, it must have, yeah. Uh, well, and that's as you pointed out, the, the games were being were coming out like crazy, and, and I think that maybe SNK and Taito didn't even care because you expect you know the 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 cabinet to be in an arcade for maybe a period of weeks anyway before it gets replaced by something else, and you're pushing out five or six titles anyway. So who cares it if it makes a few hundred bucks? Then great, it served its purpose, and, right. and let's move on. It really, um, really does. It does feel like that. It feels like um, later on during the the home console crash, uh, which to be honest, I never really even noticed what happened. But when there was the crash, and and there was that period when Atari lost the lawsuit, and other people could put out Atari cartridges, and suddenly you had that rush of just like glut of terrible games put out for the Atari twenty six hundred. This feels like a stand up arcade version of one of those games. Like one of these just you put it in, you play it for two seconds, go, what the heck is this? And move on. This is one of those games. Now, one of the things I think that contributes to that is the specs of this thing. It runs on a six a single sixty five oh two CPU running at 0.7 megahertz. It has wow. less power than an Apple II. So and in 1981, so this was underpowered compared to home computers at the time. So just crazy. And that and that's it. Like that was the chip. Everything ran off that. So it's not surprising that this thing is terrible because it, you know, you're you're basically playing on a ZX81. Like it's just oh, my goodness. Yes, everything about this game feels cheap. Yep. Um it's the arcade version of shovelware, I think. Um, yeah, well put. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. Taito describes this game in their their manual as the object of the game is to get your spaceship to Saturn. The then Saturn. Because well, it says go to the Saturn on well, screen. That's the it, only part I liked about this game. That made me laugh. In the in the manual, it's the, the grammar's a little bit better. Right. Um, you want to get your spaceship to Saturn, and then once on Saturn, to destroy as many Satans as possible. Apparently, many <laughs> Satans live on Saturn. <laughs> I gotta kill some Satans. Maybe yeah. that's why you never played this as a kid. Your parents knew. Uh, it must have been. Uh, additional bonus points can be accumulated by destroying the comet or attract, attacking dragonflies, because dragonflies in space, I guess. An additional spaceship is awarded if the player scores, player's score reaches 5,000 or 10,000 points. Which I got, but then died shortly afterwards, so it didn't really help me. You're probably the only one that stuck around with this game long enough to score that <laughs> I was really just working to see if I could, you know, it's got to try to get my high score, but man, it was it was slugging on this one. There's a, a good poster for this game. They put much more work, it seems, into the poster and the manual than they did into the actual game or cabinet. The poster says, they came from outer space. They came as UFOs, as rockets, meteors. Spiders, dragonflies, they came to destroy. Will the otherworldly power of Zarzon conquer all? So you know what? Let them have it. Yeah. So, And it is the case that sort of at the beginning you fight against UFOs and stuff. And I guess because they're – I think the theory is you're on Earth – and they've come in their spaceships and meteors for some reason. And you blow, and then once you destroy enough of those, you like you said, you go to Saturn. And now you're fighting, I guess, what are supposed to be the, the alien monsters, which are spiders and dragonflies. But it just felt like they had a bunch of 
a bunch of sprites or something just lying around. Like somebody said, oh, I know how to make a, a spider. Let's just put that in. Like with terrible motion and stuff, it just it made no sense that they would be spiders. Yeah, uh, for a game that seems to have all of the elements that, that when put together would make a popular and fun-to-play arcade game, this this just fails on every conceivable level. Yeah, it's just my, terrible. The first note I took was, uh, you start with three lives. God, I wish I had fewer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my the first note. That's pretty much one of the few notes I actually wrote. Because I try to keep notes through the week while I play these games, but that's pretty much my main note. <laughs> So yeah. I checked out the um, the the cabinet and its rarity on on Vaps, the Vintage Arcade Preservation Society, and it is a super rare cabinet, but mostly just because it super sucks. So <laughs> it, the Vaps says that there are six, there are only six instances of this machine owned by Zarzon collectors or members, and only one of them's an actual machine. The other five are just circuit boards. And under the wanted section, it just says. No members have added this machine to their wish list. <laughs> like not a single person wants the thing. So I found um, online some people have sold it and beat up kind of cabs. And it, it seems to come in a very, very generic Taito cab with just like the title wording on the side. The only things that customize it are the marquee at the top, uh, a little bit on the control panel and the bezel around the monitor. But the actual cab itself is just one of those black and tan generic title boxes, to totally generic. And it usually goes for like 100, 150 bucks if it's in good shape. Like it's a it's an unwanted game that is way down on the collectible scale. So essentially worthless. Indeed. I, I found a discussion, uh, an archive discussion on tomshardware.com asking, somebody asked what this thing was worth. Uh, it looks like it was actually, this was actually archived from the uh, Rec Games video arcade mm -hmm. tree on Usenet. And the response is, uh, this: the challenge is not to find a market price, but to find a market in all oh, honesty. Good. It goes for, it goes under the less than $200 category. This game is just bad. Which is really means there's no money for the game. Because if you have a, a decent cabinet in decent shape with a working monitor that doesn't have burn-in, those parts are worth more than $100. Right. So if you're only getting like $100 to $200 for, the, for a working good shape cabinet, it means the, the board and the ROMs in the game itself are worthless. Because that's the just the rest of it. If you were going to take a cabinet and gut it, you'd pay that much for, for a decent cabinet. So it's essentially a worthless game, unfortunately. Indeed. Uh, yeah. You had mentioned that the uh, main CPU was a 6502. It also features a couple of custom sound chips. Also. Oh, get it. I, I, yeah. I couldn't see any other chips. I was thinking they ran the whole thing off a 70% megahertz CPU. No, these are these are listed on the on arcadehistory.com as a couple of custom chips also with the same 705 kilohertz um, and an SN76477 chip. I'm not familiar with that one. The it comes with a vertical monitor, two twenty four by two fifty six pixel resolution, um, and a two player two way joystick. And who cares? Yep, and it's in uh, vertical orientation. So it's a, mm -hmm. if you wanted to build one of these things, you need a vertical monitor. And you're right; it's in the the standard normal two twenty four two fifty six resolution. The uh, it's well, it's technically like two player. It's another one of those ones where you just take turns. So I, I did throw in. Uh, multiple virtual quarters, and I always try the two-player to see does maybe that makes it different. You play it once, no, it's just take turns. I hate it, then you'll hate it, then I'll hate it, then you'll hate it. <laughs> and that's how we play. You know what's funny when you said that? Because I, I kept thinking of this as 0.7, like 0.705 megahertz, but you're right, it's 705 kilohertz. This is a game that is in kilohertz, not even megahertz. That's yeah, crazy. That's bad. That's crazy talk, man. I can write that fast longhand. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a website called Neo Geo Cult with a K dot com, and they have a list of all of SNK's games that, that were released between 1978 and 1990. Oh my goodness! And it looks like SNK's first games came out in 79. This one came out in 81, and so there's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games that released during that time period, and the only game that I recognize is Vanguard, so I, I imagine oh, right. okay. I yeah. imagine that they pushed out a bunch of really crappy games before they finally figured out what they were doing. Right. But it's funny uh, that they did Vanguard in that period. Yeah, Ozma Wars, Safari Rally, Sasuke vs. Commander. Nope. I mean, yeah. So, and even Vanguard is a well. I'm, I'm sure you know we'll eventually talk about Vanguard. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a very early game, but um, and sloppy itself. But it's a side-scrolling shooter game. But it's a lot better than this. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I will never play this game again. Really? Because I I, I wanted in my arcade. Can't have a sucker for punishment. And when people upset me, I'll make them play the game. That's it. Go to the Saturn. Now, if I were collecting games that I thought sucked, because some people do weird <laughs> stuff like that, this would definitely be in that category. Well, you got to have a lot of money and space to have that as a hobby. I collect games uh, I hate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, I think one of the big claims to fame for this game, according to the internet, is it was featured in the movie Joysticks, which mm. I have seen multiple times and I own on DVD. So, uh, But yet still, this game did not ring a bell. That's pretty bad. And Joysticks is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've seen it multiple times, I like not good movies. So and it's about arcade games, so uh, how can I like, like it? Uh, what's funny about joysticks, in fact, we should maybe talk one day about, that would be a good episode, um, like arcade-related movies, especially movies from the 80s, because there's a few of them. And joysticks is funny because it's what the director made joysticks made like three or four movies in a row, all with Joe Don Baker in them as like the main bad guy. He had this thing about making bad movies that had Joe Don Baker in them. And also, what's fun about uh, joysticks is the two lead characters, one guy is named Leaf Green, and the other guy's name is like something Greenleaf. (laughs) So anyway, these are the things that make me laugh about old movies. (laughs) Wow, that's yeah. No, I, I do. It's not good. I do like your idea of, of talking about those those video uh, video game related movies mm-hmm. because you know there are obviously um, the the one that leaps instantly to mind instantly to mind is Cloak and Dagger, and I would love to do something about that. Absolutely, so we'll yeah, classic probably, game. We'll yeah. probably talk We're about that movie. in the near future. We should, yeah. In fact, if if you're listening to this and you have suggestions for movies for mm, us to keep on the list or to check out, um, then let me know because I'm maybe you'll name one that I've never seen and then I will rush out and watch it because I like anything. So if you've got an arcade, especially a classic arcade-related movie of some sort or a list of them, then send them in. You can email us. Uh, what's our email address, Mike? I can never remember. Feedback at noquarter.com or no, is that it? No, it's no. that's not us. <laughs> no, we are noquarter at monsterfeet.com. Whoever, whoever owns noquarter.com is going to get some weird emails. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about movies they should watch. That's right. <laughs> Yes. So uh, let's what, talk. You know, I, 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 I got to know. I got to know how. I'm, I'm actually really interested this weekend in how long you stuck it out and what our scores are. Because this game is much harder than it should be. It's unlike we were talking about Tapper. Was that last week? The week before? Relatively recently. Time, yeah. We talked about Tapper. All, mm-hmm. The weeks all run together. And we talked about how when you look at Tapper, like from the outside, it looks much slower than it feels when you play. Like when you play, it feels fast as heck. And if you watch a video of Tapper, you think, how could you drop that glass? It's so slow. It's so easy. This is a game that I found looked kind of frantic, but feels even more frantic because it's it's such bad controls. It was sort of all over the place. Um, and I think it became much harder because of that. It's a game that is harder than it should be, harder than the elements should add up to. 
I was going to say that this game looked much better than it turned out to be. Uh, uh, it turned out to be terrible. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, since we're talking about scores, um, I, I, did, I couldn't even stick around long enough to care whether or not my, my score even got close to yours. Uh, I played this game twice and then gave up on it. Uh, I scored 3,280 points. Well, and... I beat you a lot. <laughs> I um, feel sorry for you. <laughs> and because, you know, it's one of those things. We assign the game, so I play the game. I thought, <laughs> maybe there's something I can unlock here. So I got 6,260 points. And what's interesting about that is I made it past the 5,000 point mark, and you get a free man for 5,000. And my when I got the free man, and I, I made it past 5,000, I think twice, and both times I would think, oh, God, it's going to go on longer. You gave me another man. Oh, no. So it's like a punishment to get a, to get an extra man in this game. Well, so, I, I wonder uh, how many people besides yourself have actually stuck around. It's not that hard because you once you get to get, get when you go to the Saturn, did you get mm-hmm. to that point like where you actually go and you start fighting the bugs and stuff? Mm-hmm. OK, so when you get there, you start to rack up points a lot quicker. So I, I, I would you'll go to go to the Saturn and only be around 3000 points or something. And then very rapidly, you sort of shoot up to five. If you can survive those waves of the, the bugs and, and stuff, and then you get your man at 5,000. So I had, so when I got to 5,000, I was on my last man each time and I would get a, a free man. So I have two men left and still, I only made it to six, uh, 6,260. So it's one of those things where I would get a free man, but really quickly lose the guy I was on and another man. Like you get to those, that faster level and and you just die and then i did get past the saturn though a couple times and all it does is repeat so you you fight the earth stuff then you fight the bugs on saturn and then uh you've sort of won the game in a sense and you go back to the beginning and, and play again it didn't seem to scale up though i don't think it actually gets harder it's just it's how long can you play this game so maybe if you master it you could just essentially play forever on this thing well, uh, someone did play for at least a little while, um, and perhaps this is <clears throat> the most telling evidence of, of all. Twin Galaxies does have a high score listed for this game. It has only one high score listed for this game. Nobody else, <clears throat> nobody else even bothered to submit. Uh, <laughs> the, the record currently is 48,720 points, set Man. by Steve Weirsbecki. I hope I pronounced oh. it properly. Uh, on January 16th, 1982, at an arcade called Bunnin Games. So, that, do you know that name? I is don't know, but I'm sure Google will tell us. He's a famous arcade person or something. I think he's in a movie. Isn't he a guy who recently got a super high score in something? That name, wow, that name <clears> seems familiar. I'm sure somebody will write in, but that name really rings a bell for some reason. And I'm not related to anywhere as Becky's. So <laughs> it must be, I think there's a... I don't know. I think that's a he's a record holder in something else, or went for a record, or I'm I not sure. Know. We'll see. But anyway, that that's a much higher score than either of us got or ever will get. Well, here's the thing: I, I, the difficulty of this game. Uh, I do see a future for Zarzon, similar to viewings of, say, the Star Wars Holiday Special, <laughs> where it's so bad we just have to see how long we can continue to play before the the awfulness of this game overcomes us. But it's just not fun. It's not like so bad it's good. It's just, it's just bad. bad. <laughs> you know, it's just not a good. It's, it's unfortunately this is the first game we've played. I had thought Buck Rogers was the game was going to be my okay. That's a low point. No, this is the first game that's one of those absolute crap this game is pants is what this is this game is total pants <laughs> um and unfortunately there are a bunch more out there that are just as bad as this and i'm sure we'll cover every single one of them here <laughs> on the no quarter podcast speaking of which uh, <laughs> what does next week's game sound like well it's got to sound better than this one here it is <laughs> Thank you.
well, I can't believe they made a sequel to Zarzon. <laughs> Zarzon 2, Electric Boogaloo, in the Saturn. <laughs> mm, yep, can't wait to play it. I look forward to playing it. <laughs> and uh, thank you for podcasting with me, Mike. Well, thank you, Karen. Uh, I, I say thank you, even though you did pick this game this week. Well, so. yes, I was just about to apologize to our listening audience <laughs> this week for this game. but uh, Everyone should run out and play it. That'll be our yes. next contest. We are trying to think of a contest for next week, so definitely tune in next week, and we'll probably have contest news. Uh, maybe it will involve you having to play Zarzon. Who knows? Maybe you'll win a Zarzon cabinet if you lose the contest. <laughs> Nice. Gotta start collecting them. That's right. Okay, okay, Mike, I will talk to you next week. All right, Carrington. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, why not head over to iTunes where you can leave us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find the show. You can also interact with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, or follow us on Twitter at NoQuarterShow. Feedback to the show can be sent to feedback at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain. <laughs>